busy week. It's hard to come in woken up and ready and refreshed and ready to sing out and lift our voices in praise to God. But you all did a fantastic job. I'm glad you are back this morning. Uh, I know this week has probably been a busy one for many of you just to start getting the routine of school and all that stuff. But I'm glad you're here this morning. I got to tell you, I enjoyed preaching to you last week. You all listened well. And I just hope and pray that message was a help to you last week as we really dealt with the topic of fear. I hope that was something where you were able to take some of the, the principles that were taught and I hope you were able to apply them and use them this past week as fear just constantly can creep up in everywhere in every situation so i was just thrilled i hope you know it is the joy of this preacher's heart to get to have the opportunity to get up every sunday and bring to you the word of god it is not something that i just kind of drag myself in like oh here's another week gotta 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 open up the word of god i gotta give him something no i hope you know this is the joy of my heart that i enjoy this i love it uh you respond so well and it's exciting to see what god does when we apply his word to our hearts i was reading my own devotions this morning mark chapter number four where the bible's talking about the seed and the sower some brought forth 30 and 60 and 100 fold and i was saying god i want your word to do that in our hearts this morning as the word of god is sown may we have the right soil so i know you got football games going on i know you got uh dinner maybe it's in the oven or in the crock pot or maybe you've got just stuff going on maybe it's a hectic week maybe your boss is emailing you maybe your phone and text message is blowing up maybe you got all kinds of stuff going on but i'm praying this morning that as we dive into this morning's message that you'll say lord i need just a, a clean mind just a heart that's just sensitive and ready for your word which you want to speak to us and we're just hoping and excited that god will do something great in our midst this morning we're so glad and thankful that you're here and we're going to be in matthew chapter number 18 as we finish up a series entitled i quit it's kind of an interesting title and we're really dealing with some things in the christian life that we need to stop doing last week we said i quit being afraid the week before that we said i quit comparing and uh to this morning, we're going to start off with I Quit Holding On. And then next week, we will start a series that normally I'll put kind of a time limit on most of the series that we do. Except for next week, we're going to start a very special series that we may take that series right up until Advent. And Advent being um, Christmas time. We may take October and November to spend on this topic that I'm going to call this series God is, and we're going to be dealing with simply what is called in technical terms, theology proper, just the study of God. And I, and, and as I began to study this week for next week's message, it was one of those feelings when you just know you're in over your head. I mean, how do you narrow down God? I mean, to even any one message, I mean, uh, for me, normally five to six weeks is a good series. Like, that's not enough time to get through the material that I feel like God would have us to get through, and I'm excited about that. So you come back, as we're just going to spend a little bit of time in preparation uh, before just to finish out this year, just to study, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, this morning... Um, I said last week that I said last week that message probably should be a series, and um, uh, this morning I couldn't help it. I kind of did it again. Um, as I began to study this message, I was thinking this needs to be a series. So this may get 
an encore. Uh, it may turn into a trilogy. We'll see as we study this topic because uh, I'm burdened about this topic. It hit me between the eyes as we, this week, just began to look at this. And uh, really, we're going to deal with the topic of forgiveness. And that's, uh, that's a tough one. That's not easy. And as your pastor, that's a, that's a struggle for me. And as I began to study in this message and to pull out truth, it was just kind of like God was working me over. And I was thinking, oh, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be difficult. And yet at the same time, I hope very liberating. I hope refreshing. I hope helpful. So this message, um, I'm excited to bring it to you. I hope that you are ready to hear from God because one of the hardest things that we do is to forgive somebody that has wronged us. That's not easy. That's not just like, oh yeah, you hurt me, you cut me off, uh, uh, you took advantage of me, or, or you backstabbed me. That's not easy to just say, oh yeah, yeah, I forgive you, no problem, let's go have lunch. I don't know how it works for you, but that's not how it works for me. Uh, you do something wrong to me, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'll pay you back. We'll get even, Stephen. I, that's, that's kind of the way it works in my mind. And so forgiveness doesn't come natural. It's not easy. We're teaching Megan and Austin to forgive. And I'm telling you what, this is not an easy thing for them to even say sorry. You know, that's just a tough thing for kids. But I've noticed even in my adulthood, it still doesn't get any easier. And so we're going to kind of dive into that, that topic. But I'll be honest, the, anytime I've heard a message on forgiveness, I've never really liked it. Never. Somebody preaches on forgiveness, it, there's something that just inside of my masculinity just rubs me wrong. Because to ask forgiveness seems like a very weak thing to do. To me, it seems like, I don't want to come across as weak. Why would I ask that person's forgiveness? Because then I'm going to come across weak, and I don't want to come across weak. And so when we look at forgiveness, it kind of seems like we're just kind of, all right, just lie down and roll over and let somebody take advantage of us. That was the other side. Well, you're a Christian now, so you're just a divine doormat and you just let people wipe their feet all over you because that's what Jesus meant when he said, turn the other cheek. And so that's, that's another reason why I've never liked forgiveness because I don't feel like it's right to just lay down and roll over and let somebody do something wrong. No, I, I don't think that at all is what Christ is saying when we talk about forgiveness. But yet, uh, also, we've heard statements like this when we've heard a message. Well, just forgive and forget. I don't know about you, I have a pretty good memory. And whenever I see certain people, those things just come back, man. They just come up and they just kind of, oh, I'll turn the other way or I'll go somewhere else. Because why? There's a painful memory. There's stuff that's there that's just kind of lingering and so for me to forgive this is tough folks i'm not just going to get up here and say well bless god it's so easy to forgive what's your problem just forgive people that's not reality it's a very difficult thing it's a very hard thing very personal thing because some of us we've been hurt so deep it's so hard to even think about going back to that person who hurt us and to work out and get restoration in the relationship for some of us we say I like where the relationship's at just fine. We've got some distance. That's good. That's, just, that's all we need. And so sometimes it's very hard to hear a message about forgiveness. But I, but I am tired that we equate forgiveness with weakness. Because really, it's the strongest person that asks forgiveness. It takes great courage. It takes great strength to go to somebody who you have wronged or they have wronged you and to seek out forgiveness. That's not easy. And so for the longest time, I looked at forgiveness the wrong way. 
I looked at it as I'm being weak and I can't come across weak and I've got to come across strong and powerful and in charge. So no, I'm not going to go to my spouse and say I was, I was wrong. Better yet, I'm not going to go to my four-year-old who I yelled at at the dinner table because they were making a mess. I'm not going to go back to my four-year-old and say, hey, daddy was wrong. Daddy shouldn't have yelled. Daddy shouldn't have got upset. I'm sorry. Do you forgive daddy? He said they're four years old. Doesn't matter, but it does. But it does. I'm not going to go back to that person who doesn't know me, who did me wrong at the job and I did something back. I'm not going to go to them. Besides, they're not even a Christian, so they, they, just, they just wouldn't know. So I'm not, I'm not going to seek out forgiveness. And so we have all these reasons why we won't forgive because we've, we've equated forgiveness with that weakness. And we've got to start shifting our paradigm on forgiveness. You see, it's hard to say, will you forgive me? And we see it as the ultimate expression of weakness when in reality, it takes greater courage and strength to forgive and to ask for forgiveness. I've got kind of a main thought here, but I kind of have two that I really want to work with. First of all, if you'd write this down in your notes, forgiveness is God's plan for your past. Forgiveness is God's plan for your past. And I've got so much to go through. And this may be a sermon where you say, hey, there's a lot of notes. And if your OCD kicks in and you've got to fill out a lot of notes, go for it. But if you say, you know what, I feel like there's something here, just a truth that he wants to convey. And I'm just going to listen to get the truth, not necessarily be so focused on my notes. I'll get the podcast and go back over the notes. Whatever you want to do this morning. But um, I just feel it's so important to bring this. I'm going to do my best to deliver this message. But before we even start with the scripture verse. Let's just pray. We'll ask God to help us as we go through this. I'm excited. This message for some of you may be like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Don't worry. It's going to end well, okay? But let's just go to the Lord and uh, let's ask his help this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord and Savior, we love you. We come before you as a needy people. We are desperate for you. We hunger for you. Our souls are are in need of a moving of your spirit and i pray this morning that you would take this passage and i pray that you would grind it into our hearts i pray that it'd help us i pray that it would shed light on this topic of forgiveness i pray for some this would be liberating i pray for some that this will be the motivation that they need to go and make things right to seek out restitution i pray for courage this week for those i pray that you would help me in this message and i pray that you would do great things where we walk out of here rejoicing in the great things that god has done may we have hearts that are tender may we have the right type of soil and i pray now and all god's people said amen well, as we jump into the series on topic on forgiveness, one thing I don't want you to do is don't do this. Don't think, yeah, he talked about forgiveness and getting right with people. So I'm going to call my girlfriend in college and we're just, we just kind of ended that thing wrong. Yeah, I've been married for 10, 15 years, but I need to find her. We need, need to meet up at Chili's and we just need to say, hey, talk things over, work this out. Don't do that. That's not what we're talking about, okay? It's not, hey, I, I kind of blew with that old boyfriend and though I'm married, though I got kids, I just need to make things right. No, no that's not what we're talking about okay so don't just jump to conclusions i'm going to try to be very thorough in this message but i pray that you will uh, be blessed by it as we jump into this subject okay because it's going to be one where i feel like it's going to be a great help matthew 18 can we out of respect for the word of god can we stand please something we kind of do around here we stand for the word of god out of respect we're going to start in verse number 18 and we're going to read several verses okay matthew 18 verse number 18 the bible says verily i say unto you whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven 
Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. This is a great verse for why somebody says, I don't need to go to church because I, my wife and, and, and I and my, my baby, we, we have church because that, that's two or three. So there's God in the midst. I want you to get in context what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that for two people to get along, they've got to be agreement. They've got to be in unity. They can't have a quarrel. He's saying that, hey, when these people come together, they have this unity. And God's saying, hey, if you want peace with each other, then there comes the presence of God. He's saying, hey, when you're in unity with each other, there his presence will be. It's not an advocation for church. That's not what that is. He's not saying, hey, two or three, there's church. That's not what he's saying. A lot of people say two or three, that's church. So I can have church golf course. I can have church bowling alley. I can have church in my house because two or three is church, man. No, no, no. He is arguing for unity and peace. And he's given a great benefit. He's saying, hey, when you get along, there's my presence. That when we have peace with each other, there is God's presence in the midst. Okay? Continue. Verse number 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Now, let me stop for a second. You got to get a little back, um, background. That day and age, the rabbis taught, the spiritual leaders taught that you were to forgive somebody three times, okay? So I can go and slash three of your four tires and you have to forgive me for all three tires, okay? Or I can steal your iPhone three times and it's the fourth time you got to send me to jail, okay? That's how this whole thing worked. I can punch you three times, you have to forgive me, and then on the fourth time, it's fair game. Let's go to the octagon, okay? We'll hit the mats, all right? That, that, that was the mentality, okay? And Peter ups the ante. Okay, that day, it was three. That was pretty good. Three, all right? Peter says, how about seven? And you could see Peter just kind of like, yeah. (laughs) That was a pretty good answer, guys. Like, none of you guys got that answer. I got that. All right. So that's Peter. He's trying to strut in his stuff. And you can see he's, he's proud as a peacock at this point. Just thinking, I nailed it. Seven number of completion. I am Peter. All wise, all knowing. That's me. And then Jesus makes this incredible statement. Jesus says, not seven times, but 70 times seven. All of a sudden, Peter whole argument his his, everything he thought was so great just got blown up and we're going to get to that but it's just here's peter he's just shooting off his mouth and then god says no no i got something bigger and here's how jesus explains it verse 22 jesus said to them i say not unto thee until seven times but until 70 times seven therefore verse 23 is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which took account of his servants now i want you to stop for a second we're talking about God's kingdom, okay? In this earthly, earthly kingdom, it's very hard to forgive. Very difficult to forgive. It's very personal. The deeper the hurt, the harder to forgive. Okay? So it's not an easy thing. But God says, but the kingdom of heaven is like, and he's saying, hey, what we're talking about is not, an earth, it's not easy here, but in the kingdom of heaven, this is what we're talking about. So it's not easy for us, but God says in my kingdom, where I'm from, this will help you, okay? So I know I'm taking a lot of time to explain it, but we're going to get going right after that, okay? Verse number 23, then is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servant. 
And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents, okay? It took 20 years to get one talent. This guy owes the king 10,000 talents. If it takes 20 years to get one talent, it's a lot of money. They average that this is anywhere, and I know this is broad, they said from $10 million to $1 billion U.S. currency. And I know that's really broad. I looked at several commentaries, and I didn't know how they came up with such opposing numbers, but they just do, okay? So either way, $10 million to $1 billion is a huge number this guy owes the king. Honestly, it was impayable. You couldn't pay it, okay? Couldn't pay it. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. For, but as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife and children, and all that he had, and payment be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped the king, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Yeah, right. That's like Megan and Austin saying, Hey, Dad, I'm going to borrow the car. We're just going to take it for a drive. I'll bring it back. Don't worry. Not a scratch, Dad. I won't put a scratch on it. You're for Megan. Yeah, dad, but you could trust me. It's not going to happen. All right. He's not going to be able to pay all this money back. But notice what this king does. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. Sounds a lot like our heavenly father. And he loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the servant went out. And, and that word just starts off. But the servant went out. You would think this guy would go out just like, man, wow. That's like having a $10 million windfall. I mean, to be forgiven that debt. Wouldn't it be awesome if American Express Visa called you up and says, hey, yes, Mr. or Mrs., uh, you don't owe anything else. Wouldn't it be great if your mortgage lender called you and says, hey, that helm you own, and guess what? You thought you had another 30 years or 20 years left on it. We're going to forgive it to you. It's yours. Come pick up the deed. It's all yours. It's paid off. It's done. You would be pretty happy, all right? But notice what this guy does. He said, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him in a hundred pence a hundred pence it took one day to earn a pence one day okay so they say this is roughly about 20 bucks 20 dollars notice what this guy does which owed him a hundred pence and laid the hands on him and took him by the throat by the throat over 20 dollars he grabs this person and he says pay me what you owe me This man's choking. He said, I want to strangle you because you owe me $20. This guy's got some deep problems here. I've simply entitled this message, I Quit Holding On. Because it's time that we release the stranglehold off of somebody. Now, you may not physically have your hands around somebody's throat. But there can be somebody on our minds and in our hearts where we're saying, I won't forgive you. You hurt me so bad. I won't hold, I'm not letting go. And you're like this servant who God has forgiven you far more than you could possibly imagine. And your hands are still on this person's throat. Give me what you owe me, $20. Give it to me. Thank you, you've stood long enough. You may be seated. You see, this morning, forgiveness is God's plan for your past. God wants to do some incredible things. And this servant who not forgive because it's such a small amount, he threw that man in prison and the other servants which heard the servant had been forgiven told the king and the king came and said, you're a wicked servant and threw him back in jail. And then Jesus ends his teaching by simply 
saying this, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Now, as we start this message, if there's something where you have a question about forgiveness, because I hope to raise a lot of questions this morning. I hope to pique your curiosity. I hope to get you kind of riled up. And I hope to get you to a point where you're just like, I, I, I got this big issue. When do I go to forgiveness? How? You're going to have a lot of questions. So I want you to understand, my email is pastor at southridgesanjose.com. Feel free to email me. Feel free to call the church this week. Uh, go to your growth groups. There's actually going to be more material on this, helping with this topic. This is going to be an important message. It'll be maybe a little bit more teachy than preachy, but I'm excited about the fact that how liberating forgiveness can be in the life of a believer how freeing it can be. And so we're going to say that at the outset, okay? The message of forgiveness is not to just give up the hope of justice, though. All right? We're not saying when you forgive somebody, there's no hope for justice. There's no hope of making that thing right. You see, forgiveness is the essence of the gospel, though. That's at the very heart of the gospel. You see, I owed a debt I could not pay. Jesus paid a debt he didn't owe. He forgave us. Out of that, we forgive, okay? But the goal when meeting with a person, the goal is winning back the relationship, not winning an argument. And so many times when we approach somebody, we approach it with the goal of, I'm going to win this argument. I'm going to watch this, and we're not going to watch HGTV. We're watching SportsCenter. And instead of saying, wait a minute, I'm going to work out something here, uh, I'm using a silly illustration, but you get the point how these things go. We can fight over small things. We're seeking to win a relationship, not win an argument. But let's back up to verse 21 where Peter says, Hey, how many times shall I forgive my brother who offends me? Should I forgive him seven times, Lord? And here, Peter, bless his heart, whatever that statement means. He said, in a sense, Peter wanted to raise the standard. Okay? He's saying, hey, it used to be three, but Jesus, we can do better than the Pharisees. Let's make it seven. So Peter's goal when it came to forgiveness was let's raise the standard. Somebody hurts me, they, don't, they, they can get away with it not just three times, but they can get away with it seven times. And I'll still forgive them. But Jesus, when he said, no, I say not seven times, but 70 times seven, Jesus said, I'm not here just to raise the standard. I'm here to change the system. That's powerful, Christian. That Jesus didn't just come just to make life a little bit better. He came to change it, to transform it, to revolutionize it. And that's key for you and I. Because you and I, we like to meet the standard, don't we? Come on, wherever we work, they have the standard. And that's what we want to meet. As soon as they get that, that's it. I'm going to kick back after that. Uh, uh, They want me there at a certain time. I'll show up at a certain certain time. They want to let me go at a certain time. I'll leave at a certain time. There is this standard that we meet. But Jesus said it's not about the standard. It's about the system. And I'm here to change it. I'm here to show you a new and better system, all right? You see, where, where, where Jesus is coming from is this point where, hey, with, with man, it's, it's, it's impossible. It's difficult to forgive. But with God, Luke seven forty seven, wherefore I say unto thee, uh, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. And forgiveness is out of love. The Bible says that where there is, l- but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little so you say well i can't keep forgiving that person let me ask you this question is there a limit to love there shouldn't be should there so forgiveness stems out of that love that we have for somebody else you say but it was my boss i don't i don't love my boss i'm not taking my boss out on a date here okay no no no. it's a christ-like love 
That when you and I become born again, when we ask Jesus Christ into our hearts, all of a sudden forgiveness is made possible. That now we can forgive out of that heart because Jesus Christ showed us the way and how to forgive. Colossians chapter number three, it says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. God is saying, hey, I forgave you because I forgave you. Now you can forgive them. You see, we forgive because we're forgiven. We forgive because we're forgiven. That's why we forgive. I don't forgive my spouse or my children or my boss or anybody else based on how nice they are to me. I forgive because of how good God has been to me. Because I owed God a far greater debt than I could ever pay. The debt that I owed God was the cross. I put Jesus on the cross. His blood paid my penalty far greater than $10 million or a billion dollars, okay? Because you can't put a price tag on a soul. And so Jesus paid that debt. So because I've been forgiven so much, I can forgive you. And you can forgive somebody else. And I know that sounds really easy, okay? I'm saying that at the outset. I know that sounds easy, but we've got to get our doctrinal position why we can forgive. We forgive not because of willpower, it's not your willpower anymore. It's based on Christ's power in us, okay? That's how we can have a good marriage relationship. It's how we can have a good coworker relationship. I forgive because Christ forgave me. You would think that servant who had been given, forgiven so much, he'd be like, man, let's all go out to eat. I'm paying, I'm buying. But instead, he finds somebody, as soon as he can, goes out on the street. Who owes me money? Who owes me money here? And he grabs him by the throat. And it says, pay me what you owe me. Kind of doing the Darth Vader chokehold on him. Just kind of like, you will pay me. And uh, it's just this bad situation. Instead of saying, wait a minute, I've been forgiven this huge debt. Here he is, just so angered about it. Can I say this? He was forgiven, but he had never experienced true forgiveness. Yeah, he had been forgiven, but he wasn't experiencing it. It wasn't real in his heart because for some reason, I think that servant felt like he still was going to pay the king back. As ludicrous as that sounds, here he is still trying to go get money, not because he's greedy, but I think he's saying, no, I'm still going to try to pay the king back. And I feel like some of us, that's the way we are. I'm still going to pay Jesus back. I'm going to work my way to heaven. I'm going to do all the right things. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Instead, God is saying, it's been done for you. You've been forgiven. It's already taken care of. You see, it's a new system, guys. It's a new system. And praise God that it is a new system that we can be in forgiveness. Now, there are some common myths about forgiveness, though. Some of us say, but, 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 Pastor, I can't forgive because what I have is too big to be forgiven. It's just too big. It's just way too big. Now, I'm going to borrow this backpack if I can. This is Pastor Chris's. Imagine that this is this is it right here, okay? This is this is this is what 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 I have. That's that's just I'm just holding on. And imagine I just carry this around everywhere. And you say, well, that's a cool looking backpack. That's okay to carry that around. Who wants to carry this with you everywhere? Nobody does. I don't want to carry a backpack everywhere I go. People are like, hey, what's in the backpack? No, I don't want to carry this. But some of us, we've got this burden, we've got this forgiveness, we've got this thing that we just carry. We just carry it with us. And then somebody looks at you and says, well, well, we'll take it off. Oh, no, no, it's too heavy. I don't want to take it off. If it's too heavy, all the more reason to take it off. Right? Right? But we carry this thing, don't we? It's so heavy. It's weighing me down. And it's weighing me down so much, it's affecting my marriage. 
This thing's weighing me down so much, it's affecting my children. It's weighing me down so much, it's affecting my job. Take it off. No, I just couldn't. It's just too big. It's too big. I can't get this forgiven. It's too big. It's a myth, folks. The bigger the forgiveness, God can take care of that. Maybe there's somebody we need to make that restitution with. So there's one, there's one thing we say, well, it's just too big. I can't give forgiveness for it or, or I can't forgive that person for it. Also, here's another one. Time will heal all wounds. Ah, wrong. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. I don't care how much time goes by. Is this thing going away? Let's wait. We have to be out of here by noon, but I guarantee you, if we just sat here and did nothing till noon, this thing would still be here. And your thing will still be there. Because time doesn't heal all wounds. Yeah, there'll be some moments that you'll forget. There'll be some moments that feel better than others. But as soon as you see that person, all of a sudden, what happens? You got the memory of an elephant, man. It just comes right back. You see that person, or you go to that place where it happened. All of a sudden, bam, your memory. Time didn't heal it. Time did jack squat, Christian. Didn't do anything. But it's what we say, isn't it? Time will heal. And it sounds so good. It's just so stupid. All right? So let's go back to the Bible on it. All right? So here, time doesn't heal it. Time's not going to take care of it. Also, here's another myth. I won't say sorry until they say sorry. Can I tell you what? They ain't coming. If you're waiting on them, it's not happening. You say, well, I'm going to wait on them to initiate forgiveness. They wronged me. They should initiate. Nowhere in this passage does Jesus say, wait on others to initiate forgiveness before you offer it. Matter of fact, Jesus always initiated forgiveness. On the cross, who was the wrong, who was the guilty one? Was it Jesus who hung on that cross? No. He was the innocent one, the perfect, spotless lamb of God hanging there for your sin and my sin. My envy, my jealousy, my sin put him there. And what were his words? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus initiated the forgiveness. He didn't wait for the Roman soldier to say, hey, you're about to put a spear inside of me, but before you do, before I forgive you, you, you better say you're sorry for doing, putting that spear. Hey, you nailing that cross, before I forgive you, before you can go to heaven, you better ask my forgiveness. Why do we play that game, Christian? Why do I play that game? Why do I do it with a, a, a relative or, or a coworker or my spouse? Well, I'm going to lock myself in the room until that person comes in here and apologizes. I play those stupid games, Christian. Why? It doesn't take care of this. So while I'm waiting on them, I got to carry this? There's got to be a better way. And there is a better way. And I know sometimes that truth is hard to hear and it's tough because it gets us at a place where we're not very comfortable at. Because forgiveness, like I said, is never an easy thing. It's not easy. I'm not going to downplay it, Christian. But would you take your Bible to Romans chapter number 12? You need to see an important passage. And we'll wrap things up probably in this passage, Romans chapter number 12. You just, you just need to see this. If you didn't bring your Bible, pull out your tablet, your iPhone, or, or just, I'll read it aloud just in case because it's just too important of a passage. Romans twelve seventeen says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. 
You say, but pastor, what they did to me was horrible. I was abused. They took advantage of me. They sold me out. I lost my job because they didn't file the proper paperwork. I lost my house. Hey, I went to jail or whatever the thing may be, whatever was so bad that happened to you and we could go around the room and we've all had horrific, tragic, terrible things happening and we're not excusing it. We're not trying to downplay it. I'm not trying to minimize it. I'm not trying to say your thing's not that big. I'm trying to say your thing probably is really big. I'm trying to say there are probably some real hurt. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says. It says, recompense no man evil for evil. Jesus doesn't even downplay it. He's saying what happened was evil. He didn't call it, hey, what happened to you was just a, a, a bad thing. He said what happened to you was evil. He said what happened to you was difficult. But he said provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. We said Peter wanted to um, take the system and he wanted to raise the standard, but Jesus came to change the system. Also, secondly, we forgive not so we can be forgiven, but because we are forgiven. We forgive because we are forgiveness. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge the future. Forgiveness doesn't change your past. I wish it would. I wish that you could go to that person, you could call that person, and you could just make it right, or at least do your part, and I wish it would just be done. But it's not. It's not. But it does enlarge your future. It does help you the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 32, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You see, our goal is to restore. The Greek word for restore is a medical term that means to set a broken bone. That's what the relationship is like. God says, hey, let's restore this. Let's get this back to where, it's, where it needs to be. But forgiveness is a decision and it is a process. Because forgiveness means to cancel a debt that was owed you. That's what it literally means. It says recompense to no man evil for evil. When you forgive somebody, you're saying, hey, what you owed me, because there's always a price to be paid, Christian. Always. Somebody must pay. And you're saying, even though you hurt me, you don't have to pay. You see, the forgiveness that you so desperately want, are you giving it to others? Do you give it to your spouse? Your children? We say, yeah, my boss needs to ask my forgiveness. He did me wrong. He was said he was going to promote me. He didn't promote me. And so, man, I just, we're not even speaking right now. Instead of saying, wait a minute. No, no, no. Forgiveness means to cancel the debt. He did me wrong. I'm going to cancel that debt. You don't know me anymore. Take your hands off. Let go of that debt. You see, when someone wrongs you, debt is accrued. And forgiving others, you relinquish your right to make them pay. I want you to also see forgiveness is removing the control someone has over you. You're saying that person will no longer control me because right now that person does. Whenever you see that person, your emotions get tight and you get stressed and you get nervous and you're irritated and you're irritable and people around you see it and they say, what's the matter? And you say, well, nothing, I'm fine. No, that person still has control over you. When you see that person who hurts you, it's so difficult. You want to turn. You want to run. Because why? That person, can we admit it, still has some control over us. And you say, well, I can't 
I can't go to this person. Or maybe there's somebody, when you see that picture, and they're long gone, they've passed away, they've died, or they've moved, and you say, there's, there's, there's no way to make restitution with this one. What do I do? We're going we're gonna to get that, and I'm trying to, trying to move quickly to help you. You see, forgiveness is removing that control. Also, forgiveness is not minimizing the offense or the injustice done to you. You see, forgiveness is not enabling sin. I'm not going to excuse it, all right? Hey, if, if, if what's happening to you, somebody is hurting you, something is happening, the first call you need to make is to somewhere to get you out of that situation. I'm not advocating, hey, you're being beat up, you're being bullied, something's happening, you stay in the situation. That's not what I'm advocating. I'm advocating you pick up the phone, call a moving truck, and we get away from that. There are some things you say, wait a minute, no, no, I don't need to be in this situation, okay? Or if you say, well, well, this bad thing is happening and this person is doing this to me. I mean, maybe we can call up some new Christians in the church and maybe we can handle it. You know, they're, they're kind of new, so they're okay with, you know, maybe doing some, some, some other things, all right? So, I mean, what I'm talking about with forgiveness is that, hey, we're not minimizing it, okay? To forgive somebody is not to minimize it, all right? What they did was wrong. And the Bible is not minimizing it. But here's what the Bible is doing. The Bible is saying, appeal to a higher court. It says, recompense no man evil for evil. And then it says, vengeance is mine, I'll repay. God makes you a promise, Christian. God says, you've been hurt. And the Bible says, as much as lie within you, live peaceably. So you are going to extend forgiveness to somebody who's hurt you. They may not reciprocate it, but that's not up to you. Our part is to simply extend, Okay. And then the Bible says that God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. I'll take care of it. That's a promise that God says, I'll take care of it. And God can get way better vengeance than you ever could. You know, when we were kids, you know how our revenge went? Well, I'm going to get this big water balloon. And when they open their door, it's going to pop on their head. And that was vengeance for us, okay? It was always kind of kooky, kind of silly. And sometimes we still think, how can I get even Stephen with somebody? You know, we think mean little things to do. And I was joking around with my wife this week about something that I wanted to do. And she was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And I said, I know. And we were just talking about the topic of forgiveness. And there was somebody I, I, I had a little beef with. And so I was like, well, I'll do this. And kind of tongue in cheek. And she was like, that's not going to help. Remember your message. Because we, we think of how we can get even with people. How we can show them up. But God says, I'll take care of it. So when you say, I'm going to offer forgiveness, you're appealing to a higher court. Understand that, Christian, because God's not minimizing it. See, to forgive someone is to surrender it. Also, forgiveness is not reconciliation. It's an invitation to that reconciliation. See, you can only extend it, and that's all you're responsible for. You say, well, 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 we're not having coffee, and they're not talking to me. I offered it, and what's their problem? That's as far as you can take it, Christian. Don't feel like, oh, man, I just got to keep going back and keep going back, and I got to go to this person until we make this right. I'll tell you a funny personal story, all right? When we were dating, if the, in our dating process, if something came up, I just couldn't let it go. I just, I'm just one of those, you just got to deal with it. And I took the verse, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, literally. So in college, we had a curfew. Like uh, some of you that went to the college that I went to, you know, like 10, 15, got to be off the phone. And so I'd be like, no, Jane, do not hang up. We got to work this out because the sun's going down. We got to make sure everything's good. And she's like, I'm going to get demerits. I got to go. And I'm like, then you don't love me if you don't stay on the phone. We got to work this out right now, okay? We just, you do, no. And I would just hound her. And she'd be like, it's really not a big issue, 
But because you just don't let it go, you make it a bigger issue than it really needs to be because now I got demerits and now you got to go talk to the dean and work this out that it's, you're just an idiot. You know, and it's all this stuff just because why? Because we just can't let things go. We just keep, keep pushing and keep pushing. And so some of you feel like, well, I didn't get the answer that I wanted from that person. That's not the goal. That's not the goal because you probably won't get the answer. Many a time I've gone to somebody that, man, they hurt me. And I said, hey, you know, I just want to let you know, like, that hurt. Or I'll go to that person and offer forgiveness. And you don't always get the answer you want. Even when you humble yourself and say, hey, I was wrong. I'm forgiving myself. You know what they'll turn around and do? Yeah, and I can't believe you're a Christian. Get ready for it. That's the answer you're going to get. Yeah, I, I really was really bothered by that. Real immature there, man. Like, that was pathetic. Yeah, you want my forgiveness? Uh, yeah, I guess. That's the kind of answer you may get. You may not get the answer, but it's up to you to extend the forgiveness. May we be a church that simply says, hey, I'm going to extend the forgiveness. I'm just going to go up to that person and say, hey, I'm just going to extend it. And it's up to them whether they reciprocate it. It's totally up to them. But you do your part and say, God, I appeal to a higher court. Just extend. Just extend. You say, well, how many times do I extend? It's a different system. Just keep extending. Keep extending. Now, you don't just keep hounding that person and say, hey, you follow them around. Uh, they, they, they'll put a, um, a, a, a no trespassing. They'll, 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 they'll have a restraining order against you real quick, okay? So it's not like 2 a.m., big old sign in their front yard. I'm sorry. You know, it's not, nothing like that. All right? But if you can get the forgiveness worked out, then try, okay? You see, it takes one sin to repent, one victim to forgive, but it takes both to reconcile. You see, the Bible assumes that we will always forgive. You know, the, the greatest prayer in all the Bible, Matthew 6, that's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. You know what verse number 9? You know what he says? This is amazing. Or verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's implied that we'll forgive. It's implied that we, in the model prayer, God says, you want forgiveness from me. But it's implied that you give forgiveness. You extend it to others. Lastly, asking for forgiveness kept this servant from prison. Here he is. He owes his debt and he gets on his knees and he begs the king. The king looks down with compassion and forgives him the debt. So here asking for forgiveness kept this dude out of prison. But guess what? When he didn't extend forgiveness to his servant, I want you to see where this man goes right back to. You may have already turned the page, but let's go back to Matthew chapter number 18 and just see it as we wrap things up. Because I feel like this may be where some of you feel like you're at emotionally. In verse number 31, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt. Because you desired it from me. Should you not have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. You see, asking for forgiveness kept him out of prison. But not giving forgiveness put him right back in. You say, Pastor, what if I just take this message and I don't do anything with it? Because that's sometimes a message. You'll just hear it and it's good information. It's good. It's good. 
You know, I got some good information. Last week, we learned about fear and punch fear in the faith, face. And we just walked out of here. Our faith was strong. We were you know, like on cloud nine. It was great. And we just kind of walked out of here like that. Not a whole lot we really had to do with it. But this morning, you're asking me to call somebody. You're asking me to set up a lunch appointment or a coffee appointment. You're asking me to do something. I am. Because what's the alternative? Forgiveness or bitterness? Because if you don't forgive, you just hold on to it. And that thing just grows, Christian. And it'll just take over your life. And it'll slowly inch its way into every area. And you'll see relationships just self-destruct. You'll see your job. You will see your marriage. You will see your friendships. All because you can't let go. Because there's one topic when people around you, what that person did to you. You just can't let it go. I just can't believe it. Man, some of you sports fans may remember this. Remember when LeBron James left the Cleveland Cavaliers and went down to Florida? Do you remember what they did to his jersey? They were burning it. Like, you left us. We're going to burn your jersey. We're going to get even. Like, really? Like, you're going to burn the jersey? Like, it's that big of a deal? But that's our mentality. It's like, I'm going to just get even with this person and just, oh, I'm so frustrated by it. But you're just putting yourself right back into prison. You're just, you're just kind of, you're building this prison. You're locking yourself in. Great quote. Forgiveness is setting a prisoner free and finding out the prisoner was me. You see, offering forgiveness is appealing to that higher court. All that I'm responsible for is to offer forgiveness. Jesus always initiated forgiveness. This morning, I don't know what you may be holding on to. But can we say, I quit holding on. I'm going to let go. I just quit. I'm done with it. I'm going to walk away from this. It's, it's held on to me for so long. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be a process. This is why it's going to be so important for you to go to your growth groups because I've given to the growth group leaders just some detailed things. How do we walk through that process? It's not easy. It is a process. What comes to mind, you, I don't want to steal the thunder of any of the growth group leaders. Luke chapter number 18, the prodigal son. The Bible says he rehearsed what he was going to say into his father as he was eating the pig slop. He said, I will say unto my father, this is him just talking out loud. And he rehearsed his speech. And then when he gets to his father, then he gives the speech he rehearsed. Sometimes there's some things we just have to just think about and write it down and rehearse. What am I going to say to this person? Because every time I see this person, I go cold. My face goes red or I go angry or I just, it's everything I could do not to just punch this person. It's just hard. And I, I, I need some help. How do I walk through this process in a way that I won't end up in the six o'clock news? You know, I mean, I just, I don't want this to go really bad and this could go really bad. And, and so that's why it's going to be so important that you be a part of a growth group because we're going to help you walk through this because I'll be honest, I feel bad kind of leaving you hanging. That's kind of what this message does. It just kind of leaves you hanging. Like, like you, you're, you're looking for some absolution here and I'm just kind of like, here you go. God bless. Time to pray. I feel bad. I really do. That's kind of where this message is. But because it's, it's an action-oriented message, we got some homework to do. But I feel like we might be a little bit better armed. I feel like now we've lit a fire for why forgiveness is so important. Because we're not going to be able to continue to walk forward in spiritual growth and spiritual formation if we constantly have these people that we're like this with. Because remember my initial statement? 
The presence of God is predicated on peace with man. So it's all about the horizontal. Then I can have the vertical, right? That's God's plan. And if there are people that I don't like them, I unfriended them on Facebook. I'm just not going to be around them. And I, I understand. I understand. But instead of always just having those people that are on our hate list or our avoid list, there's people that we say, now I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to extend. I'm going to offer it. Because more than anything, I understand that I've been forgiven so much. And maybe for you this morning, maybe the message was for you that, wait a minute, God's forgiven me, but have I accepted Jesus Christ's forgiveness as my personal Savior, as my Lord? Maybe that's the next step for you. Let's all stand and let's, let's bow our heads. We're going to have a word of prayer and we're going to wrap up our message. Thank you. Listen well.